It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. It's not been the sexiest matchup of teams, but the Diamondbacks and the Rangers are putting together a wildly entertaining World Series as the teams meet in the desert. Also, is it time for the Vikings to consider punting on this season and trading away all their pieces? And the Seahawks push their chips closer to the center of the table, speaking of going all in. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, making every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 big ones if your team wins, visit Fandle.com slash locked on to get started. With the World Series tied at one game apiece, and frankly, the Texas Rangers had to fight and claw and scratch to win in extras in game two after getting beat up in game one. Losing two hey, star players, you, not really how you want to start was, game three. And yet, you see at the end a 3-1 hard scratched victory and now... That pivotal game three win for the Texas Rangers. They take a 2-1 series lead. Bryce Pederick from Locked On Rangers joins me now. And Bryce, it had to have been uneasy feelings in, in Rangers fans' stomachs for this one. How were they able to pull this out despite two huge injuries? Uh, well, uh, by, by the skin of their teeth, actually, I mean, I mean, that game one walk-off was incredible and these Rangers were outplayed in, in most of, of the first couple games, but Hey, it didn't really matter. The series was tied up one, one, and this team did what it did best. And it put up a big number, big crooked number in the third inning. And it relied on their bullpen because, why not? <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? And, you know, I, I was saying for my preview of this game is Max Scherzer. He, he's just he's just been there. He's done that. I mean, against a rookie, Brandon Fott, who, who was pretty good in this one. I mean, I don't, I don't know which you would rather take three shutout innings or or five and a third three run innings. I, I think I'd take the shutout innings and the lead at that point. But John Gray coming in in relief, having the performance of his freaking lifetime at <laughs> three innings of shutout ball and would have been three perfect innings, if not for a ball that just kind of went through Marcus Simeon's glove in one of the final batters that he faced. But hey, it, that'll do for the Rangers. I mean, just one run given up by, of course, Raldis Chapman, which is always a uh, they, they call it the Araldis Chapman experience for a reason. It is uh, never dull. I'll, I'll give him that. And then Jose Leclerc coming in, being shut down. You would have liked to have seen a little bit more from this Rangers offense. But, I mean, you had not just the two injuries that happened, but two other near injuries. There was an injury delay with Chapman after two outs. You thought, okay, what was that about? That was much shorter. But Josh Spores also with, I believe, two outs. Um came up and, and looked like he was hurting. He ended up staying in this game and finishing off that inning. But this was an absolute nail biter. And 
these are the type of games that the Rangers did not win in the regular season. This is now two out of their three World Series games where they have won a game like this. It has got to be incredibly encouraging for Rangers fans. Yeah, they're having to ride the Aroldis coaster, certainly, and, and they don't really have another choice. And thank you. I flipped the games. I mentioned the outcomes, game one and game two. It was the, the walk-off in game one and then the blowout in game two. So as we look forward here now, Max Scherzer was someone who was not a part of the end of the season because of this injury, but Adoles Garcia is someone who has carried their offense here over the last few weeks. So if he, if this is an injury now for the World Series, and we don't know quite what's going on here, what his status is going to be moving forward, how big a loss could that be for them? It would be huge, and not just offensively, but defensively. I mean, we saw in this game the the moment of the game really was was throwing out the runner at Christian Walker at home plate. I mean, it was a tie game at that point, and his arm is one of, if not the best in all of baseball at throwing guys out. It's not just a strong arm, but is also very accurate. And he absolutely nailed Christian Walker at the plate. And so, if the Rangers don't have him in right field, it's going to be either Travis Jankowski, who we saw late in this one, a very uh, light hitting outfielder, lefty who does not hit lefties well at all. Um, or you see Robbie Grossman out there who has been, um, to put it lightly, uh, misadventurous in right field. Or maybe you'll see Evan Carter, whose arm is fine, but nowhere near Adoles Garcia's. Either way, it's going to cause some problems for the Rangers defensively that right now, if everyone's healthy, have one of the best defensive outfields in all baseball. But Adoles Garcia is out for any prolonged stretch of time. It is a big problem for this team offensively and defensively. Stay up to date all year on the Texas Rangers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Rangers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, should the Vikings be in sell mode and could that mean some of their star players now that Kirk Cousins is going to miss the rest of the season? Before we answer that, the Lions look to bounce back in prime time. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets if you cash that $5 money line bet. Just pick the right team and you can get $150 in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Looking at some updated odds for the NFC East division winner, there's a huge gap between the top two and the bottom two, as you might expect. The Eagles favored to win the division minus 250. Cowboys, they're two to one. Then you drop all the way, get this, 300 to one for the Commanders and 400 to one for the Giants. You can also combine different prop bets within a game to get an even bigger payout. FanDuel same game parlays are a great way to enhance your sports watching experience. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Detroit Lions look to get back on track against the Las Vegas Raiders. The leading receiver... (laughs) 
in terms of receptions in this game. Three players tied, uh, Josh Jacobs, Austin Hooper, and Hunter Renfro, leading receivers in terms of receptions. Two receptions each. Two. two. Oh, my God. A pair. A whole pair. It did not go well uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders. And it didn't go well on the offensive side. It didn't go well on the defensive side. And so now you've got guys like Max Crosby. You've got a guy like Devontae Adams. Which, by the way, we talked about Max Crosby here on the show before and how he deserves to be in those like top of the league, like defensive end conversations. I think he proved that yet again on Monday night. I thought he was spectacular. Um, but then you've got Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro's in this mix. The trade deadline is at 4 p.m. Eastern time today. Is there an opportunity to rescue one of these guys and kind of get them off of no pun intended, but the Raiders sinking ship here? I mean, they've got to do something. <laughs> with these guys because it, it ain't happening in Las Vegas right now. And I feel bad for for our boy, your boy, Q, uh, over at Lockdown Raiders who's got oh, to break yeah. this down and try to keep hope. You know what I mean? The Arizona Cardinals have had enough. They're planning to start rookie quarterback Clayton Toon on Sunday at the Cleveland Browns, this according to reports. Although coach Jonathan Gannon did leave open the door for Kyler Murray to play in the game as well. The point is Joshua Dobbs, he's out. Dobbs has started every game for the 1-7 Cardinals. The change of quarterback on Monday comes after Gannon said the 31-24 loss to the Baltimore Ravens. He said Dobbs would start against Cleveland. Turns out, not going to happen. The ACC revealed its new seven-year football scheduling model as a 17-team league with new members Cal, Stanford, and SMU on Monday, featuring 16 protected matchups that will go into effect starting in the 2024 season. If this sounds all like a big convoluted math problem, boy, are you right. The 14 current ACC teams will play a total of three times each in California through 2030, and none will travel to California in back-to-back seasons. Travel issues, if this makes your head hurt, it makes mine hurt too. The fact that we're having to juggle all these logistics just tells you where we are with college realignment. It has gotten ugly. In the association, Jimmy Butler and the Heat got their first look at Damian Lillard with the Bucks. After the Heat lost to the Bucks, 122 to 114, they were down by as many as 25 points, but outscored Milwaukee 41 to 25 in the fourth quarter and cut the deficit to within six in the final 30 seconds. It was the second unit that made that run. No Bam Adebayo at all tonight with a hip contusion. I think it was just Jimmy playing lackluster basketball. And I know we've kind of given him a lot of slack based on the fact that, you know, he missed all the preseason, wasn't really engaged in the assumption, I think, from us and most of Heat fandom was that he would be able to just be at least a much more effective version of himself than what we've seen through a handful of games. He's, he missed a game, obviously, against the Minnesota Timberwolves on Saturday and the second night of a back-to-back, but he still looks very rusty. I wouldn't go so far as to say disinterested, although that might be as good a descriptor as any. He just does not seem fully engaged. It doesn't seem like he's at 100%. Clearly, again, still rusty and just looked a little off for most of the game. And with that first unit out there, they just... I don't know. They didn't seem to have the same kind of energy and passion. Maybe it was the fact that, you know, Bam makes up for so many of their defensive mistakes and he cleans up so much of what we see there, especially early in the game. But without Bam, it just, they didn't seem to have much life to them. And I think they were perfectly content to just kind of take the loss, go home and get it over with and move on from that. 
has another story you need to know. The Minnesota Vikings got a win over the Green Bay Packers on Sunday, a 24-10 mostly domination effort, but it comes at a cost. Kirk Cousins tears his Achilles. He is going to miss the rest of the season. Luke Braun from Locked on Vikings joins me now. And Luke, we talked a week or so ago about this team and the, the rumors around could they trade Kirk Cousins? Could Daniel Hunter and some of these other players be potentially in the trade market? And you said, look, they're trying to win right now. I don't think there's going to be a lot of movement here. Does the injury change or to what degree does the injury now change the way that you view this deadline for the Vikings? Well, it sure would be a good excuse if they wanted to, to, you know, say, all right, now we'll, you know, get our draft picks and all that stuff. From everything I'm hearing, not a lot has changed in that regard. Um, and I think part of it, too, is, you know, there are guys on that in that roster that are part of the future. Um, I, I think Quasi Adolfo Mensa will listen to any phone call, call him up, see what he wants. But in terms of what they're actually willing to do, it's probably disappointing for those of you just looking for like juicy transactions. It's probably like maybe they'll get rid of Ezra Cleveland because they have a guard that they like. Like that is like kind of as spicy as it gets. And then we're talking about like deep roster guys flipping for late round swaps, that kind of thing. In terms of the quarterback position right now, um, it doesn't sound like anything super splashy is going to happen. Maybe they'll they they do have to bring in another person just because they need another healthy body. They literally only have one healthy quarterback. Uh, on the active roster and they got Sean Mannion on the practice squad. So they'll probably bring somebody in that, in that regard. But like the, the most realistic name, we're talking Colt McCoy, you know, we're not talking, you know, blockbuster trade for Kyler Murray that we're, we're talking. They'll bring in Colt McCoy off the practice squad to help mentor the young kid and see if they can limp through the rest of this with Jaron Hall. Well, I think that raises the question as well of like, okay, they did a really good job to battle back to get themselves in position. Had Kirk cousins stayed healthy through this game, to go try and make the playoffs. And they looked like they were in decent position to do that. How sure. does their approach to the rest of the regular season change, if at all? And, and I think maybe a more important question is, how do you think it should change? Well, it might be a tough pill to swallow for Vikings fans who are super sick of drafting, you know, 19th overall and not being able to get any of it. But they're not going to tank. That's not who they... I mean, look, you're never going to get a team with Brian Flores on it to tank. That would be just a slap in the face. But... Um, he knows one they, speed and it is like <laughs> the turbo on, on the gear turbo side. insanity. Yeah. He's the yeah. Tasmanian devil. Um, but no, they're, they're not good. I mean, look, some comes up, right? They're not going to look at this and say, okay, let's pack it in right now. It's, it's just another challenge. It's, it is a challenge. It's going to be hard. And they all understand that it's going to be hard, but okay. You know, we will rally around Kurt Warner. We will play good football. I mean, how many teams have had this kind of deal and, and, some of them pack it in and some of them don't. The, the Vikings are like at the highest levels, Quasi and, and O'Connell understand that, hey, you know, we are in that world where we're trying to kind of balance the right now, the, the short term and the long term. You know, we don't want to super prioritize one over the other, which so many teams have done. And, and I think a lot of them have been punished for doing so. You know, they want to make sure that they are taking it seriously in the short term and they're not asking their season ticket holders to show up to a, to to watch a team that doesn't want to win. But also, I mean, they're not, you know, I think Quasi said, like, you never go full Rams, right? Um, they, they aren't going to go totally crazy all in to try to win a season with Jaron Hall. They're probably just going to stay the course and say, look, we, we have Hall. We have Nick Mullins coming back in a couple of weeks. Look around the league. Other teams, I think, are doing worse than that right now. 
Um, other, I think, yeah, I, it, I think you can name a few of them. Like they'll, they'll limp through. Will it work? Probably not, but they're going to give it a God's honest try. Stay up to date on the Minnesota Vikings by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Vikings on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the Seahawks made a move for the playoffs. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The NFC West is a land of opportunity right now with the 49ers struggling. The Seahawks know this and made a move to solidify their chances as Locked On Seahawks host Corbin Smith details. After vaulting into first place, leapfrogging over the 49ers yesterday with a win against the Cleveland Browns, the Seattle Seahawks are going all in. John Schneider dealing a second-round pick in a 2025 fifth-round selection to the New York Giants for Leonard Williams, one of the best all-around defensive tackles in the NFL. Maybe this isn't a trade that we should have been surprised by because the USC connection, even though Pete Carroll was long gone when Leonard Williams played at USC, he's a player that Carroll said he's been following for a long time. He has always played well against the Seahawks. And maybe most importantly, Rob, he is the ideal scheme fit as a 300-pound defensive lineman that can play everywhere across the board. So from that standpoint, it made a ton of sense. And when the Giants were willing to eat most of the remaining contract for that second round pick, the Seahawks signed off on it, and they bring in a player that has a chance to be a real game changer for that front line. That's absolutely correct, Corbin. A real game changer. I think that uh, you know when I was watching the game yesterday uh, on on the Fox broadcast, and they happened to do a little scroll of the Super Bowl odds, and I think they had the Seahawks listed as tenth or twelfth highest ranking um, in terms of who they thought could win the Super Bowl. I, I'm curious how much that line has changed at this point, because as you said, John Schneider basically pushed all his chips into the table, and the Seahawks are absolutely going for it, folks. I mean, they, this is a club, of course, that that woke up this morning because of their win in the San Francisco 49ers loss, find themselves in first. First place. And Corbin, as we entered this season, we talked about that our biggest concern with the Seahawks as a franchise um, was just the roster lack difference makers along the defensive line. And, you know, an awful lot of credit needs to be put out there for Jaron Reed, for Draymond Jones, for Mario Edwards Jr. They really have played well. But my goodness, if there was any type of an injury to any one of those three players, the drop off was going to be precipitous. The Seahawks needed to find another big man who could play. I never in my wildest dreams imagined that they were going to be getting a player who, frankly, is better than all three of those Seahawks I just mentioned. The thing about the Seahawks is they're not actual contenders. And trading for Leonard Williams does not make them actual contenders. The offense has taken a step back despite the additions that they made with Jackson Smith and the Jigba in the draft and Geno Smith getting a contract extension. They have just not been as explosive or as consistent as we saw them be last year. The defense is better. The defense was already better. And they still were barely beating teams. 
should have lost to the Cleveland Browns on Sunday and still are not in the same class with the Cowboys, the Eagles, the 49ers. Yeah, any team can beat any team. It's the NFL. You give yourself a chance, especially if you make the playoffs. But this doesn't change the destiny for the Seattle Seahawks. They're just not good enough. They've just deluded themselves into thinking they are. And now, after good, putting together a historic run of terrific drafts, John Schneider has decided to trade away high-end draft capital to chase veteran players. Where have I seen this story play out before? And finally, there is living your best life, and then there's what Georgia Tech freshman quarterback Colson Brown did on Monday. He was in California to play in the Cypress Point Classic with Georgia Tech's golf team. Cypress Point is one of the top courses in the world and to play for your school at that course while also preparing for a football game on Saturday. I mean, is there a better dream? It is like everyone's dream to do something like that. That is, I'm beyond jealous. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today, who makes the big move at the NFL's trade deadline? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.